Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. We are finishing our aquatic mythology theme this month in July. We've obviously got this episode and the next one. And then after that, we're going to be having a look at all things magical and generally witchcrafty in August for Magic Month. Last week, we had a look at mermaids, and this week we're looking at sirens. And there has actually been quite a lot of confusion between the two since the Middle Ages. And if you look at a lot of the images, particularly from sort of the 18th century onwards, they show these gorgeous women with fishes' tails, and they've got these beautiful voices that are capable of bewitching men. Think of a figure like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and people think of that when they hear sirens. But it's actually really far from their Greek origins, and this confusion between the two only really starts when medieval scholars start reading the ancient Greek texts. Now, as time has gone by, the mermaids have kept the siren's voice, but the original siren has disappeared from view. So we're going to go and meet her, because actually in the course of doing all the research for this episode, I found that they're genuinely fascinating, and I do think that they deserve to be brought back into view again. So who were the sirens? Now, the original sirens were actually bird women, not fish women, on a remote Greek island. In some depictions, they've got clawed feet, in others they've got wings, in other ones they're basically birds with a human head. But originally, they weren't really shown as being overly beautiful because it wasn't their physical charms that lured sailors to their death. So unlike mermaids, who you might see lounging on a rock and encouraging sailors to swim to them, only to drown them, Instead, the sirens are singing from generally a meadow and often a seated position. But hearing the song proved dangerous, so it's the hearing that's the thing. It doesn't matter what they look like, because the song bewitches the listener and makes them forget their human life. So obviously, if you think about this as a sailor, if he's steering a ship, he might forget what he was doing, and then the ship gets wrecked on the rocks because he stopped steering properly. Now, there aren't actually many stories that show the sirens physically attacking humans. So the song may well not have actually been intended to lure them closer, but we are going to come back to that. Now, ancient writers also argue about how many sirens there actually were. And in some stories, there are only two. In others, there are three. Homer talks about them, but he doesn't give a number or a name where some stories do. But either way, their island is usually described in fairly grisly terms. So if you can imagine decomposing bodies lying around all over the place, bones that have been bleached by the sun. It's just essentially littered with the corpses of sailors who have attempted to reach them. So where do the sirens actually come from? Well, with all thing, as with all things mythology, there are varying theories depending on the story. Some myths say that they're the daughters of a muse and a river god, and the potential mothers are usually Calliope, Melpomene or Terpsichore. Others say they were the daughters of a sea god, and the playwright Euripides even said that Sterope, one of the Pleiades, was their mother. Now, in one popular version, they were actually the mortal handmaidens of the goddess Persephone, and they would basically sing to her, and they would go with her whenever she went picking flowers in the meadows. But, of course, then Hades kidnaps Persephone, and Demeter, Persephone's mother, obviously gets quite frantic and starts searching for her. 
The girls offer to help because obviously they're so devoted to their mistress. So Demeter gives them golden wings to help them search for her. Unfortunately for them, they can't find her because obviously Persephone's in the underworld, not above ground. Demeter decides that it's the girl's fault for not finding Persephone. She exiles them to that island and she also curses them that they're going to be stuck in their bird form until someone can pass their island without stopping. And then once the lure of their songs is broken, they'll die. So it's not a particularly pleasant future for them at all. This happens, they go off to their island, they start singing and so on. And then eventually the goddess Hera, Zeus's wife, decides she wants to visit them. She's heard about the reputation and she wants to hear if their songs actually live up to it. She then goes to listen to them and finds that the songs do live up to the reputation. So Hera being Hera, she decides she's going to set up a singing contest between the sirens and the muses. It's not really a fair competition because the muses are the goddesses of music. And this particular legend does ignore the fact that one of the muses was supposed to be the siren's mother. Anyway, the competition happens and the muses win. Instead of just accepting the win and that being that... They then decide to add insult to injury and they basically pluck the siren's feathers and then make victory crowns out of them. Obviously the sirens go back to the island, quite humiliated, obviously they've been rejected again and they're obviously a little bit annoyed about things. Then they just continue singing and luring sailors to their death. There is actually another potential origin story for them and Wu Mingren actually points out that some of the images, and these are the earlier images, show sirens as birds with human heads. And this looks a lot like the bar from ancient Egypt, which is a bird with a human head and part of their representation of the different aspects of the human soul. Now this image enters Greece and then gathers new stories to explain it because obviously the belief system is different. Asher Albion also notes that birds in the Mediterranean were often linked with hidden knowledge and they've got quite an otherworldly nature. Now bearing in mind, the siren song is actually supposed to be quite prophetic so it's not all about luring someone to their death. It's often about making prophecies about things that are going to happen or passing on knowledge that you couldn't otherwise know. Obviously, that's all quite otherworldly in a cult in its own way. Bear in mind, a cult does just mean hidden. So birds would then often carry souls to the underworld, which if you've ever seen the film The Crow, obviously you see the reverse. But this in itself is quite a fascinating point, given Persephone's later role as a ruler of the underworld. So she's already been linked with birds. Obviously, the sirens have already been linked with birds. It kind of all starts to make sense. Now, we're going to skip forward a little bit to Odysseus and the sirens. So obviously, we've had the issue with Demeter where she's cursed them. And then we've had the singing contest with the muses. And now we've got Odysseus enters the fray. And this is perhaps the best known encounter with the sirens. And it comes from the Odyssey. So while he's eventually sailing to get home, the sorceress Circe basically tells them about the power of the sirens because they're going to have to go past the sirens island. Obviously, forewarned is forearmed, so Odysseus gives beeswax to his sailors to plug up their ears. So they'll be able to just keep sailing and everything will be fine because they won't be able to hear anything. But Odysseus being Odysseus wants to hear their song and ideally survive. And since he was passing their island, why not give it a go? So the sailors tie him to the mast of the ship, as you do, and plug up their ears so that they can't hear anything. The ship gets in range of the island and the siren starts singing. They heap so much praise on Odysseus that he becomes possessed by an urge to meet them. They also pass on all the stuff about that they know what happened in the Battle of Troy and so on as well. So obviously 
you know, if they pique his curiosity. His sailors, however, can't hear his pleas to be released, so he's ranting and railing at them to let him go so he can go and meet the, the sirens, but he can't get free on his own, and they can't let him go because they can't hear him. This was all part of his plan, so it does actually work out quite well. So the sailors all get past the island quite safely. Obviously, once they get out of earshot, the enchantment fades, and Odysseus then regains his faculties and presumably tells the sailors to remove the beeswax. But this is a crucial point. Odysseus has managed to hear their song and survive. So this basically means that Demeter's curse is fulfilled because someone has managed to pass their island and not succumb to it. So the sirens, therefore, because the curse has now been fulfilled, throw themselves into the sea and die, which is quite sad. Now, on my blog, there is actually an image by John William Waterhouse of Odysseus meeting the sirens, and it actually caused an outcry in 1891. You can either check out the blog post for this episode, which is www.icysedgwick.com forward slash sirens hyphen mythology. The link is in the show notes. Uh, Or just Google John William Waterhouse, Ulysses and the Sirens, because he does get the name wrong. But anyway, this painting caused this outcry when the National Gallery of Victoria bought it, because the critics couldn't understand why he'd painted the sirens as these winged predators. So it's basically Odysseus is, is tied to his mast and he's essentially being surrounded by these what look like eagles with human heads and instead of the usual glorious maidens basking on rocks. And it just basically goes to demonstrate how pervasive this mermaid-like image of the sirens was even in the late 19th century. Now, we're not going to leave the sirens just yet because there's one more story to go. And this is Orpheus and the Sirens. So in, in this story, we're going to have a look at Jason and the Argonauts, who hopefully you've seen the Ray Harryhausen film about. And in this particular story, they also have to sail past the island. Now, they don't have beeswax to plug up their ears or anything like that. Instead, they've got the legendary musician and poet Orpheus with them. So he starts playing his lyre when they start singing their song. And they basically have essentially a bit of a face-off musically and his music actually drowns theirs out so the Argonauts can sail safely past because they just simply can't hear the song of the Sirens because they've got Orpheus playing. The Sirens, however, do manage to bewitch a single Argonaut and he jumps overboard to swim to their island. Thankfully, Aphrodite intervenes and depending on the variation of the story that you hear, she either plops him in Lilibaeum, which is now Marsala in Italy, Or she takes him as a lover. The stories vary, but either way, he survives his encounter with the sirens because he never actually gets that far. So why do they actually sing? Well, in all of the stories, the sirens start out as singers anyway. And some people believe that the songs actually avenge the sirens for the wrongs done to them. And if you consider Demeter's curse and Hera's exploitation of them, they kind of do have a bit of a point. So in this case, they become monstrous and kind of unleash fury on the people who come too close because of what's happened to them. There's also a theory that the sirens are just lonely and they want human company, which again is understandable, so they're actually singing to invite the sailors to join them. And it's possible that the men who reach the island actually die of starvation, not being killed by the sirens. So much like the stories of mermaids who accidentally drown sailors while they're trying to help them, the sirens don't actually think about the needs of the sailors. Other people think that they might have sung the songs out of grief for their fate because they even actually tell Odysseus 
that they know all of the sadness in the world and they also know everything that's going to happen. So the only way for them to handle this level of pain and foresight basically is to share it with other people. And Pietro Pucci actually points out that the sirens ask Odysseus to stop so that he may enjoy their song and return wiser. Now all this being said, why does the representation of the siren actually change? So why does she go from being a bird woman to a fish woman? Now by the early 4th century BC, sirens start appearing in art as women from the waist up and birds from the waist down. And again, there are some images of this on my blog post. When we get to the 1st century BC, the sirens now have full female bodies, but they've kept their wings, which is probably closer to the Demeter myth where the handmaidens ask for wings to help their search for Persephone. But when we, once we get to the early modern period, European scholars then have the ancient Greek text to hand, but they don't have the images that go with them. So without the artistic depictions, the scholars basically have to try and work out what these fairly vague descriptions mean, because obviously the descriptions are quite vague because the people who wrote them knew what they went, but obviously so didn't really go into detail, whereas obviously later on it was like, hang on, we haven't got the images here. So because these scholars had some clue of what mermaids were supposed to be, they basically conflated the two and took the parts about the siren and then superimposed them onto the mermaid. And by the 19th century, writers then had access to tales such as that of the water nymph Lorelei, who lured men to their death on the Rhine. So all of a sudden, this is where you then get this conflation. And nowadays, they're basically remembered in this way, as fairly vicious water nymphs whose sole goal is to tempt men. So they've basically had any sense of agency stripped away from them in favour of making them physically attractive and purely intent on attracting men. Whereas in the original myths, their prophetic songs and amazing voices were far more impressive than their physical beauty. So the sirens really were all about death and the spirit, whereas the more recent siren mermaid figure is all about death and the body. So perhaps there's still a space for them to make a comeback after all. So obviously what I want to know is what do you think of the sirens? Do you prefer the mermaid version or do you prefer the original version where they're actually these sort of bird prophet women instead of essentially mermaids feel free to let me know you can always tweet me on twitter the link for my account is on the in the show notes or you can email me whatever or leave a comment on the blog post for this episode next week we're going to have a look at naiads which will sort of round out our aquatic mythology month for july as ever feel free to support me on patreon so for a dollar a month you can basically help me make this podcast that goes towards my time in researching and recording and producing the episodes and so on and if I start earning enough I will make a YouTube channel as well and then you can watch the videos anyway that that's all fine and dandy otherwise I will see you next week for the final aquatic mythology episode cheerio Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio.